Years later, 
that there would be a resurrection of the believer. And friend, I tell you what, today's churches in most part are no different than that Corinthian church. It's interesting that many believers don't dispute the resurrection of Jesus. they got no problem with that. The problem comes when they start to question if believers like me and you are going to be resurrected from the dead. Now, that's a different story. But friend, the Bible counters that whole mentality. The Bible counters it by asking, if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there's no resurrection of the dead? Friend, the resurrection of our dead bodies is a major teaching in Jesus' ministry. Repeatedly, over and over again, Jesus told his disciples that he must rise from the dead on the third day. In Matthew 16, we're told, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, that he must suffer many things, and that at the hands of the elders and chief priests and teachers of the law, that he would be killed. And then on the third day, he would be raised to life. In Matthew 17, when they came together in Galilee, Jesus said to them, the Son of Man is going to be betrayed. He's going to be betrayed into the hands of men. They're going to kill him, and on the third day, he's going to be raised to life. And then in Matthew 20, we find Jesus repeating, at least for the third time, we're going up to Jerusalem, where the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and they will condemn him to death, and they will turn him over to the Gentiles, where he will be mocked, where he will be whipped, and where he will be crucified, and then on the third day, guess what happened? He'll be raised to life. The Bible assures us that since Jesus rose from the dead, those who are in Christ will do likewise. We also will rise from the dead. Jesus rose from the dead to prove that it can happen. And so we've got to ask that question, why then would people even church people, why would they struggle with a, such a clear biblical teaching? Well, there are many reasons why people reject the idea of the resurrection of our bodies, but I'm going to just give you three real quickly today. First of all, they don't, they don't believe it because they don't understand they can't wrap their mind around the fact that God is going to raise people from the dead. They say it's unbelievable. They say it's just not credible. They say, man, I don't buy it. They say the bodily resurrection just doesn't make any sense. They think if I can't understand it, then guess what? It ain't possible. They think that if they haven't seen it with their own two eyes, then guess what? It can't happen. Paul tells us that we actually have seen this kind of thing many times. Paul writes, someone may ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? How foolish, Paul says. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. Now, how many of you have ever worked in a garden? Raise your hand. A lot of gardeners, amen. Now, if you worked in a garden, that means one thing occurred. At some point, you planted a seed. Amen? If you worked in a garden, chances are good that you planted a seed in the ground. And what Paul is saying, 
when Jesus comes again, the Bible says that the dead will rise whether you want it to or whether you don't. That body is going to rise. When Jesus comes again, the dead will rise. And guess what? You don't have to understand it. You don't have to believe it because it's going to happen. Whether you believe it or not, you may think it's unbelievable. You may think that it's incredible. You may not buy it at all. But whether you buy it or not, it is going to happen. Your body is going to rise. So, let me give you a second reason. Not only do they not understand it, but a second reason why people reject the idea of a bodily resurrection is because they don't know the scriptures. They don't know the Bible. In Matthew chapter 22, I want to share a quick narrative with you in verse 23. Matthew writes, In the same day the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to Jesus and asked him, saying, Teacher, Moses said that if a man dies having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up offspring for his brother. Now, there were with us seven brothers. The first one died after he got married, and having no offspring, he left his wife to his brother. Likewise, the second brother also, and the third brother also, all the way to the seventh brother. Last of all, the woman died as well. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife of the seven will she be, being that she was with all of them? Jesus answered and said to them, You are mistaken. You do not know the scripture, nor the power of God. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels of God in heaven. But concerning the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was spoken to you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And when the multitudes heard this, they were astonished at his teaching. Now, you need to know who these Sadducees people were. Sadducees were religious leaders who refused to believe that people could be resurrected. Their anger toward Jesus uh, tried to get them to trap him into answering a question that they just knew he couldn't answer. So what you need to know is that in the days of Jesus, the law said that if a woman married a man and he died without having children, that man's brother, if he wasn't married, was obligated to marry her and preserve his brother's legacy. Interesting law. So what the Sadducees did is they concocted this story they concocted the story of a woman who'd been married. Indeed, her husband died, and so she married a brother. But that brother died, and she ended up marrying another brother. And so on and so on until she had married all seven brothers. Now, first thing that came to my mind was, is that must have been one hard woman to live with, amen? <laughs> but sarcastically, the Sadducees said, in the resurrection, whose wife she going to be? Jesus just shook his head and looked at them and explained that they didn't even know what they were talking about. He said, 
In a parallel story in the book of Luke, Jesus said, Mo even Moses showed in that burning bush passage that the dead are raised. For he calls the Lord God Almighty the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And then Jesus smiled and said, he's not the God of the dead, but of the living. Now, what was he saying there? Well, in other words, Jesus was saying, why would Yahweh God, why would God Almighty be the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob if they were dead and never coming back? Amen? He's the God of the living, not the God of the dead. Why would a dead person need a God? You agree with that? A living person needs a God. And then we, we refer back to all kinds of Old Testament scriptures that are just loaded with the promises of the bodily resurrection that these Sadducees should have known. They should have known what was in this Bible. They were the religious leaders. And let me just share a couple of those with you. In Psalm 16.10, the Bible says, You, God, will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. Job, everybody knows who Job is. Job declared, I know my Redeemer lives, and at the end he will stand on the earth, and after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. I will see God. I will see God. I myself will see God with my own two eyes, and I not another. Oh, how my heart yearns for that day. Isaiah prophesied, your dead will live. Your bodies will rise. You who dwell in dust, wake up and shout for joy. Your dew is like the dew of the morning. The earth will give birth to her dead. And the last one I want to share with you is probably the strongest. In Hosea 13, verse 14, God declares, I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. Where, O oh death, are your plagues? Where, O oh grave, is your destruction? You see, the problem was the Sadducees, they, it wasn't that they didn't have enough proof. It was all kind of proof of, of biblical bodily resurrection. The problem was is that God's word didn't say what they wanted it to say. And so they chose to ignore the parts they didn't agree with. Does that sound familiar to you? How many people, how many churches do that today? I'll take that part, but how many you living by that part? Amen? It's all the word of God. So, it's important to know that these Sadducees were religious people who were picking and choosing the parts of the word that they wanted to believe in. Now, the third reason why people reject the whole idea of a bodily resurrection is because they don't know the power of God. There in verse 29 of chapter 22, Jesus answered and said to them, You are mistaken. You are in error. You are flat out wrong, not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. You don't know the power of God. You see, apparently, the, the God that the Sadducees believed in wasn't strong enough, wasn't big enough to raise people from the dead. Apparently, the God of the Sadducees didn't have enough power. Apparently, the God of the Sadducees wasn't the master of the universe. Apparently, their God was a slave to their own puny imagination. Apparently, their God was this small.
Come Monday, it's a different story. It's idolatry. It's idolatry. But here's the result, friend, of worshiping that kind of God. Worshiping that kind of pathetic idol. You have a hopeless future. You have a hopeless future. Sigmund Freud, the great philosopher, said that the painful riddle of death which is there is no remedy at all, has yet been found, nor probably never will. Or as the Apostle Paul put it, if the dead are not raised, man, why don't we just eat and drink and be merry and tomorrow we die? See, for people who refuse to believe in God's promise of the bodily resurrection, death is the ultimate enemy. Death is the final enemy. One man put it this way. He said, fear of death makes us act like fools. Makes us act like idiots. We commit ourselves to self-destructive habits. We enslave ourselves because we see our bodies are deteriorating. Some of you are deteriorating at a pace faster than others, amen? But all of our bodies are deteriorating. And so what do we do? Well, we medicate ourselves. Some of us use drugs. Some of us use alcohol. We use all manner of, of prescription drugs. We try to act younger than we really are. Sometimes we make fools of ourselves trying to reverse this irreversible process of aging. For those kind of people, death is nothing more than an inescapable hole in the ground. Why? Because their God, their God has no power. Their God has no power. The God they're worshiping has no power. Their God can't raise the dead. Why? Because their God ain't real. But hallelujah, our God is real. Our God is real. Our God has the power to do whatever he chooses to do. And our God has proved his power by raising Jesus from the dead. He's proven his power. And in the last day, he's going to raise you and me. He's going to raise us from the dead. And Paul writes, uh, telling about that, saying, listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, that trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Dwight L. Moody once declared, someday you're going to read that Moody is dead. Don't you believe a single word of it? At that moment, I'm going to be more alive than I ever have been. I was born of the flesh in 1837. I was born in the spirit in 1855. That which is born of the flesh may die, but that which is born of the spirit will live forever. That, friend, is the promise of the resurrection. That is the promise that God has given us. He promises, he reminds us that in the last We're going to be raised from the dead. And because of that promise, friends, we don't fear death like the rest of the world. 
assurance based on the authority of God's word. It's going to happen. 